Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Exurgat Deus disventur inimici eius et fugianque oderentium a facia eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangela, defende nos in praelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diaboli est praesidium. Imperatili Deus supplicas de precamor, tuque princeps militae calestis, satanam aliosque spiritus malignos que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum letrude. Amen. Cordiesu sacratissimum miserere nobis, mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Domine ostende facim tuum et salvierimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculato Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. What interesting times we live in. Happen to be zipping through social media, just barely, sort of glancing across. Um, had to take the last couple of days off because it was just exhausting. Um, we're l- working longer hours at the shop, spending more time trying to push these aircraft out. A lot of stress at the job. Get home, look at the news, and just be like, I don't even know if I want to talk about this anymore. And of course, you have the Holy Father who came out and finally said that he's going to consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and then started to throw concerning statements around. And admittedly, I ain't gonna lie, I was concerned myself. It was like, oh, okay, sounds good. And it was like, oh, he's adding Ukraine. And I'm like, okay. So I did a quick bit of research. Because it seemed, I don't know the word, I, I don't know the best way to put it. Um, it seemed it seemed a little bit much. So there are times when you know, the the priests of the Most High God in Scripture decide to embellish or do kind of do their own thing, um, and then they pay for it dearly. You know, it's, oh, it's one small thing. It's a slight change. Well, I mean, you change one word and you invalidate a baptism. If you change a word or the action or the substance, then you invalidate the Eucharist. I mean, there's like, there there's a lot 
at stake that things just need to be done in a proper manner, like in a in a manner that you know, particularly that God asks for. And so they were like, oh, but he was saying Russia and Ukraine and Our Lady said Russia. And I'm like, yeah, but Russia used to like Ukraine used to be part of Russia. What is present day Ukraine used to be, you know, I mean, it used to be what part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, part of Poland and part of Russia. But Kiev in particular, because when you say Ukraine, the capital of Ukraine is, of course, Kiev. Kiev was always Russia. Currently, it's not, but it was always Russia. So is it that big a deal? I don't know. Is it going to invalidate the whole thing? I don't know. What bothered me was, you know, the talk coming particularly from the set of contest when they were talking about, well, you know, it's not going to work because the Pope's an anti because Francis is an anti-Pope. And I will tell you, not wanting to talk about that one thing was actually the principle, like, when that started coming up, I recorded a couple of episodes and I was going to just continue. I was going to push through and I was going to keep publishing. But I was so offended. Not about the statement about the Pope. I was offended by the sin against the supernatural virtue of hope. That's what offended me most. It had very little to do with Francis. I mean, you look at Francis and you're like, okay, he's definitely not the perfect scion of Catholicism. Okay, got it. But Our Lady told about a time of a great apostasy, told about a time, like, there's no, okay, here's the thing. Our Lady has said repeatedly that Rome would lose the faith. That you would go to that you would be able to go to Rome, you'd be able to go to Holy Rome, obviously Vatican City, and you would not be able to find nary an ounce of faith within the walls of the Vatican City. Now she didn't say those words specifically, but when you're talking about a time when Rome loses the faith, what does that mean? Oh well the Holy Father could never lose the faith. Pfft, right. Because the Holy Father checked his humanity at the door as soon as he put on the tiara. Oh wait, excuse me, as soon as he put on the coat. Hang on. As soon as he put on the white cassock. <laughs> and Francis says he's going to consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And then he says he's going to... And, and, and everybody's like, ah, yay! And I was like, yay! I was enthusiastic wickedly enthusiastic, crazy enthusiastic, over the moon enthusiastic. And then he was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to consecrate Ukraine and Russia. And I'm like, oh, oh, yes, yes, that still works. And then I guess it was this Sunday, this past Sunday, he came out and he was like, I'm going to consecrate humanity and especially Russia and Ukraine. And I'm like, ah, you had to bring the humanity thing in there, didn't you? Okay, whatever. I know there's a point when it's no longer going to matter anymore. But it's fair to say that when Pope John Paul II consecrated the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, that it still would have been okay if he consecrated the world and especially Russia.
I don't think we'd be having the argument. I don't honestly, I don't think we'd be talking about it because the consecration would have been done. When we pray, say, for example, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. I'm going to use the Divine Mercy Chaplet despite the fact that that's um, not very trad. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Is that inconsistent with the church's prayer throughout history? Is there something inconsistent with that prayer? I pray the, I, I, I pray the holy face devotion. And there's a reference in there for our sins and those of the whole world. In the confraternity. In the manual for the confraternity, the holy face. There's prayers for our sins and those of the world. There's prayers specifically when you're talking about the whole world. And oh, hey, by the way, maybe could, you could save us too. In the consecration to the sacred heart. In the consecration to the immaculate heart. Under the various titles, so Our Lady of America, etc. Like, our sins and those of the whole world. Our household, our family, our children, our home, our possessions, and those of the whole world. Do I like that he said humanity? No. No. It's just, I don't know. In the 21st century, there's something about that word I don't particularly like. But it is still in keeping with the traditions of the church, particularly when the Catholic Church was legitimately global for the first time. When there when you could circumnavigate the globe and find Catholic lands all over it. And that's, I mean, it's actually, come to think about it, um, the Urbi et Orbis prayer. Urbi, city, Orbis, world. Like the whole earth, like the whole planet. Is it going to be that big a deal? Who knows? Do we need to pray for the dogs and the cats and the trees? No. So, I mean, as much as I'm not a big fan of the fact that he uses, that he's going to consecrate humanity to the Immaculate Heart of Mary... I don't have to consecrate the trees to the Immaculate Heart of Mary because because a Blessed Mother's not going to do anything about the trees. She's not going to do anything about the dogs and the cats. She's not going to do anything about the sharks and the octopi. She's not going to do anything about the birds or the bees or the bears or the raccoons, battle raccoons or otherwise. She doesn't have to. Battle raccoons cannot sin. It's not in their nature. They don't have it in them. They don't have the use of the faculties of the human species. So for him to consecrate humanity 
I don't like, like I said, I don't like that he said the word. He like, he's going, oh, he's going to consecrate humanity. All right. Uh, because just in saying it, it, like it reminds me of the human fraternity stuff. And I don't like that either. But neither do I want him consecrating great white sharks. Capiche? So it would make sense that you want to con- that you want to consecrate the human race. Oh, hey, by the way, there's a consecration for the human race to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So it's still in line with the with the church. Is it going to work? I don't know. I don't even know what's going to happen. I will tell you that I'm not sanguine about the idea that it's going to be sunshine and lollipops and it's going to be rainbows and butterflies and unicorns and flowers and candy and Easter eggs and all that other stuff. No, 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 no. I know how you bring a stiff-necked people back to the faith. And I will tell you, it is not with sunshine and rainbows and unicorns and lollipops. It is with some form of a chastisement. And I got to tell you, we deserve it. So, yeah, we're just going to go with it. I hope it's not as bad as it was described. I hope the consecration is done properly. I hope that there's no reason for our Lord to crack the stone that seals the pits of hell in half, thereby allowing all the demons to get out. Like, I'm against that one. I really hope that's not going to be the case. But as much as I hope that that's not going to be the case, as much as I'm sort of personally against it, I also know that me, being a mere mortal, mere shadows and dust, ashes scooped up in the hands of God and, and with the life breathed into me, the proverbial coffee mug. I don't get to tell God what to do. I can only beg him that it's not as bad as it looks like it's going to be. I can only beg him to have mercy on us and on the whole world. That's what I can do. I was astonished to hear John Henry Weston on the Glenn Beck program. It was remarkable to me that John Henry Weston would get the opportunity to share the story of Our Lady of Fatima, to share the stories of Francisco Jacinta and Sister Lucia, to share the miracle, to talk about the miracle, to talk about the message to talk about the instructions, and to talk specifically about the consecration of Russia and Ukraine. And I praise God. Because in that moment, John Henry Weston was able to show, without being too overt with it, but to show that there is a message from heaven, and that message had to have only come from the Catholic Church. It could have only come from the Catholic Church. You're not getting these message from messages from heaven to, you know, Joel Osteen. 
It's not going through Brigham Young University. It's not going, you know, it's not coming out of Salt Lake City. It's not coming out of Jerusalem. It's coming from the Roman church. It was interesting to me that my friend at work who is an ortho bro didn't put it together that there's not that level of activity there's not a level there's not the degree of supernatural activity in the orthodox church there's not that level of activity and, and in point of fact there's not that level of supernatural and and, and uh preternatural activity in the orthodox church in the jewish synagogues in the protestant congregations you're not getting these big moving these giant divine and otherwise movements from the jehovah's witnesses you're not getting these big movements from the mormons Messages from heaven, recognized worldwide, don't come from Hindus, or Buddhists, or Shintoists. Messages from heaven are relayed by the Roman Catholic faithful. And be they Byzantine, or Maronite, or... Oh, I'm having, or Syro-Malabar, or Coptic. Whatever flavor of Catholicism, the fact is, is that the preternatural movements come out of the Roman Catholic, come out of the Catholic Church. The Roman Catholic, the Roman Church, as the Orthobros would say. Not a whole lot of exorcism work. Exorcism is in scripture, and yet there's not a whole lot of exorcism work in any other faith. There's a little bit here and there. But when you need an exorcist, and you need that stuff to stick, who do you go to? You go to a Catholic priest. It is known. It is known that we... Royal we, Roman cat Rome, is the seed of faith. The one true faith. The source of all religion. Why? Because it's the church founded by God in the flesh himself. Nobody else can make that claim. Oh, you guys have all this, that, and the other. Yeah. We understand spiritual warfare better than any Protestant denomination. We have weapons. Think about this for a minute. The Christian churches talk about spiritual warfare all the time. But we have weapons. 
weapons to fight in spiritual war. Weapons that every baptized Catholic can wield. Weapons that, in my personal opinion, are best wielded by the fully confirmed. Because, yeah, you're baptized into the church, and that makes you a child of God. But your confirmation makes you a soldier. It is your enlistment in the heavenly army. And so from there, assuming that you've had proper formation, you can go the very next day after your confirmation, pick up your giant broadsword, which is to say the Psalter of Our Lady, and go to war. We have chaplets. We have rosary. The rose, the most holy rosary. I said the Psalter, referring to the big 150 deal. I mean, like I look at the Psalter of Mary like the like the two-handed claymore, the giant greatsword wielded by William Wallace, like just ginormous. But every one of us has access to a rosary to launch 50 bullets at a time. 50 Hail Marys, well, 53 Hail Marys, but 50 bullets at a time. And you can reload, and you can go on and on and on. You can continue to fight the battle, and you can continue to unleash heaven upon the demons. We have chaplets, like the chaplet of St. Michael, the chaplet of St. Joseph, the chaplet of, of Our Lady of Sorrows. The chapl- I mean, we've got chaplets for days, the chaplet of the Holy Face. We can go on campaigns. Rapid strike campaigns like Novenas, long-term battles like a 54-day Novena. We have our annual mystical salvo called Lent. And if you're a traditionalist, then you have a second mystical salvo called Advent. And if you're really traditional, then you have a third called St. Michael's Lent. Battle campaigns that we know happen every single year. We can accost the diabolical with litanies, litanies of the saints, the litany of Loretto, the litany of the sacred blood, or the precious blood, the litany, the litany of St. Joseph, the litany of the apostles. I mean, you can just litany, litany, litany. We have weapons honed over thousands of years, 2,000 years, honing these weapons so that we can go to war. What do Pentecostals have? I cast you out in the name of Jesus. No, 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 no. May you be covered in the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May the Blessed Virgin Mary intercede on your behalf. May all the angels and saints come to your aid and intercede on your behalf. Like, we have power because we have the church, the faith, the one true faith.
I don't have the power. You don't have the power. People don't have the power. It was Holy Mother Church given the keys to the kingdom. It was Holy Mother Church given charge over the armory of God. And by the grace of God, those of us who are Catholic are members of that church and have access to that armory. And it's not exclusive. Protestants can pray the rosary. Protestants can pray the litanies. I can guarantee you they will not pray Catholic prayers for long and not become Catholic. Because even in the most slapdash English translation of a Catholic prayer from Latin, you will find beauty that you have never imagined. Why do I pray the Holy Rosary? Because when I pray the, when I pray the Rosary and I meditate on the mysteries, it's like it's like there's a harmonic hum in my soul. And sometimes my ragged, nasty, dirty, sinful, dusty behind ain't really having it. And sometimes I'm actually in tune for it and I can and, and I can sense that reverberation. Like the prayers I'm praying have been said for so long that Holy Mother Church's essence is built into it. That it's no longer me praying it, but it feels like it's a we praying it. And sometimes I mean, let's be real. Sometimes you're just going through the motions. Sometimes you're just hoping to make it. You're just trying to get to the end of the last decade so that you can collapse in exhaustion. Because there are those days too, of course. I knew Beck was Catholic. He'd mentioned it at least once before where he where he came up as a Catholic. He did not go into detail the way he did on the radio show, I guess, today as I'm recording. I, I don't know. I just, I caught the video. I never really know exactly when he said it on the radio. <coughs> but he said he went to church alone, which is probably why he's not Catholic anymore. Fathers. Daddies. Beck said he went to church alone. Which is probably why he's not Catholic. He said he prayed the rosary. You could tell that at some point he had to pull back his own tongue. If you haven't seen it, you can actually catch the video on YouTube. You'll notice that there's a point where he starts to talk and he and he and you can almost tell that he's about to have it ripped out of his mouth and then he kind of pulls back. Somewhere deep down, he knows the Catholic faith is the one true faith. Somewhere deep I mean <laughs> we all know that the that all of Christianity looks to the Pope. 
whether they want to admit it or not, all of Christianity looks to the Pope for guidance. And I got it. You know, the Holy Father's not, you know, he's not really been the best. Pray for Glenn Beck. I think he's actually looking for a reason to come back to the faith. I just think he needs something that's big enough to get him past all of the things that he's used to doing. So pray for his conversion. Reversion. <clears throat> pray for the conversion of the Holy Father. Pray, actually, you know what? Here's, here's the key thing. How about we pray that the Holy Father gets it right... And that our Blessed Mother and our Lord do the rest. And whatever that turns out to be, whether it's fire from the sky or three days of darkness or sunshine and lollipops, and I ain't gonna lie, I will be disgusted if it's sunshine and lollipops. Because I do feel like there should be something a little bit more substantive. I won't be disgusted, I'm kidding. If it's sunshine and lollipops, I'm gonna step outside, I'm gonna enjoy the sunshine, I'm gonna enjoy the lollipop. Uh, I'll worry about brushing my teeth later. If I can ride the unicorn, great. If there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, whatevs. I mean, I'm going to take it. You know, I'm, I'm, duh. <laughs> but whatever it turns out to be, <laughs> whatever it turns out to be, I'm going to give thanks to God. If it's something miraculous that moves the whole world, for good or bad. I mean, let's be real. And I'd say for good or bad in that material sort of temporal perspective. You know, if it is sunshine and lollipops, great. And if it's not sunshine and lollipops, well, great. If it's three days of darkness and everybody and three days of absolute horror where everybody finally realizes the danger that all of that sin has put them in, great. It's about souls. It's really not about lives. If it turns out I wasted a whole bunch of money on, you know, emergency supplies, cool. I'm not even joking. Like, cool. If it turns out I didn't need, you know, the this, this special laid gold foil for the windows to block out the radiation in the event of a nuclear war, cool. Great. No, I don't actually have gold foil on my windows. Are you kidding me? Somebody would break my windows and take the gold. Inflation, duh. <laughs> but if it turns out that all of those things are unnecessary, great. That will be done, Father. That's really what we should be saying. You can be skeptical. I mean, let's be real. Like, most of us doubt that the Holy Father is going to do the right thing. He's, he is, however, most likely. I mean, John Henry, John Henry Weston did say it right. He's, he is the one with the, with the cajones enough that he might just do the right thing just because. Consequences be damned. And he also might not. Because he's human. So we'll see. Pray for the church. Pray for Russia and Ukraine. 
Pray that our Father alleviates the suffering of the children of this war as much as possible. Pray for the conversion of Russia to the Catholic faith. And pray that all of us don't lose our minds, those of us who are stupid enough to be on social media, podcasting, actually thinking that our opinions mean something. As for the other stuff, oh, well, what do you think about it? I'm kind of on board with Michael Matt over at the Remnant Underground, Remnant Newspaper. If you haven't seen his show, go watch his show. He's pretty close to where I'm at. Just seems, from a practical, pragmatic standpoint, seems to be the case. As to the other stuff, what's going on with the Great Reset and China and Russia and all that other stuff, let's be real. We know this is a proxy war between the United States, well, the U.S. Empire and Russia and China. We know that this is a fight in the World Economic Forum for the dominance, for the top spot of the new global empire. That's what all of this, like, seriously, that's what Ukraine is. Ukraine are pawns in this move to see if the U.S. is going to overexert itself in just the right way so that we break our own back, Russia manages to take themselves out, and this new world order can actually take into effect. What does it mean in the long run? Who knows? Who cares? Like, seriously, it's the new world order. It's the world, duh, three enemies, the world, the flesh, the devil. First one, the world. Oh, it's the new world order. Who cares? Be Catholic. Oh, it's digital money. Who cares? Be Catholic. Be Catholic. Defend the poor and the fatherless. Give comfort to the needy. Clothe the naked. Feed the hungry. Admonish the sinner. Anoint the sick. Bury the dead. These aren't like like serious legit. These are not great secrets of the faith. They just get lost when we get so distracted by the by the threat of nuclear war or or by the idea that the consecration is going to go wrong and suddenly ah, the whole world's coming apart. And maybe, maybe, but riddle me this, Batman. When the whole world is changed, when the hills melt like wax, when the valleys are made high and the mountains brought low, when the scourge of war and famine and pestilence and death gallivant across the road, gallivant across the earth, excuse me, gallop across the face of the earth, what is that to you? What does it change for your responsibilities? Are you not still supposed to be a husband? Are you not still supposed to be a father? Are you not still supposed to be a mother or a wife? Are you not still supposed to fulfill your obligation? If you're a priest, are you not still supposed to be a priest? If you're a nun, are you not still supposed to be a nun? Like, what does it change in your responsibilities if the whole world is flipped upside down and poured out onto a whole brand new chess table. What do we care? 
What do we care if we distance ourselves from the cross? What do we care if we take our eyes off of the holy face of Jesus? What does it matter in the world? Or do we not actually still get on our knees and pray? Do we not still find ourselves at the foot of the cross? Do we not still look up into the eyes of our Lord and say, Lord Jesus, save me? What changes? What's Friday going to look like? How are things going to go on Saturday? I don't know. And to quote, and to quote the great Mussolini, me ne frego. I don't care. If the world burns, if famine sweeps across the earth, if war, even nuclear war, breaks out, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Remember that going into this Friday. Come hell or high water, serve the Lord. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.